I don't want to sound obscure here, but it's it's very much like a negative critique, right? Yeah. It's about what they don't want, and it's about uh, liberalism and the the hegemony of it. And so the their reaction to it, and you see this in Compact Mag. You see uh, Sorab Amari, who started off as a uh, neoliberal, um, writing. He was the editor of the New York Post has now reached back into the depths of the 20th century to grab towards something that looks like Catholic integralism, you know, like church <laughs> social doctrine from the encyclical of, of 19 right. of 1890 something in order to try to come up uh, with a solution to this crisis, you know, trying to find some sort of positive element to the political program. And that's, I think you put your finger on something really important about this, which is that, Anti-liberalism is at the center of it, whether it's Red Scare, whether it's uh, Mencius Mulbug, whether it's uh, the guy who's becoming sort of their paymaster, Peter Thiel, is well, a sort of anti-liberalism. Greenwald is another one of them. Greenwald, constantly. 100%. He has politics because he's an old school like Gen X libertarian or whatever. Right. But fundamentally, what is his political program is attacking and pillorying and critiquing liberals, which Fuck. all well and good. I sometimes I even agree with him on yeah, some no, of the stuff, I, you know, it's, it's thing. but but in terms and this is what I think is interesting and why we should talk about it and we should keep thinking and looking at it is that they seem like they're in search for some of in search of some sort of positive program. The American, yeah. this right. faction of the American right, one that was they got glimpses of in 2016 when Trump just obliterates all the other Republicans, comes in on this like wackadoodle platform of bizarre nationalist populism and very incoherent sort of policy positions, but with like an economic nationalist element to it, saying he's not going to cut social programs or whatever. I think that for people uh, in this right and on the right in general, uh, signaled to them that something had to give and that there was maybe a solution out there. But now, six years later, I think they're still trying to put the muscle on the skeleton of Trumpism. They're trying to figure out, like, what is the actual backbone to Trumpism? How do we turn this sort of like inchoate, confusing, contradictory sort of political parox paroxysm that happens in 2016? How do we put and, I don't, and they don't agree on that. You get that from the article, too. They don't agree. They agree on the critique, but they haven't decided whether they're doing tradcath, like Francoist, I don't know, like impose the Catholic Church on on people in um, in Oakland, California or whatever, or whether they're doing monarchism all of a sudden or they're doing like neo-feudal tech lords run the country like it's a it's a company and I think that appoint that's a CEO. You know? That is partially what they want. I feel like it's, it's kind of what we were talking about, Woods. Like, I've kind of been thinking about it lately. Like, okay, if the origin of capitalism comes out of a sort of transformation in property relations, it means that, like, history could hinge on the pit, like, a pivot, a major pivot could be this question of how to extract surplus for, by various means. And mm -hmm. so it's like, is till like are some of these people on the right sort of now thinking about cap like the sort of like coming crisis of i don't know volatile environments and um you know political mobilization and agitation based off of i don't know the internet honestly this is probably a lot of what it is just so much of it's internet. an internet it's an internet movement you look at all these people and they're all fucking posters man jd yeah. vance included 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know Peter, we know Peter Thiel has like an elaborate multi-million dollar bunker in New Zealand. Like these um, people, I think the tech overlords have a vision of the future. And I think that that's an interesting thing. Like, I think it's very bleak and very bad um, in a way that I don't feel like the Koch brothers had to or needed to. I feel like the Koch brothers and I mean, like Peter Thiel is now like the, the newest, like, right-wing figure who like funds these causes but like when we were coming up it was like the Koch brothers <laughs> back when i was a kid it was the Koch brothers they funded alec and they destroyed acorn <laughs> okay <laughs> grandpa go to bed <laughs> that's our lore like that's yeah. what we <laughs> oh those halcyon days when it was just simply like paper and oil executives doing libertarianism uh-huh. like and right. pointing to 1776 now we got fucking like tech overlords putting money into like catholic integralism trying to bring like mm. Rene gerard and a bunch of like weird 20th century dead ender like post-fascist back uh back into yeah. power i think that like honestly what they want is i i honestly think they want another revolution in property relations where they say that you don't even have personal property anymore like that is why all of us you know, that's why I think like maybe that's what Till wants, like it, because that does create a kind of neo-feudal capital rentier society where like right. if you don't own even your personal items anymore and you're having to kick up constantly on all of those things, even your own fucking health and shit. Like, I mean, at a certain point, like something is fundamentally shifted. Something's changed in our property relation in social relations, I feel like. So, like, yeah, what do you yeah. call that like that's I know it's capitalism still, but like it is a sign that there is there is something moving there. And I wonder if Till is kind of trying to capitalize on this. Or... Yeah, I, I, I think that's I, I think that's important. And I think that like like what I would say about the, the ultimate like cause of the crisis is that um, it's it's caused by a, a crisis of profitability. You know, capital has reached a barrier that it created for itself. You cannot um, accumulate you um, in in uh, uh, you can't accumulate sufficiently to even like make real on all the fictitious capital that's floating around with all the shit happening and like fintech and all the all the various um, debts that exist corporate private public debts that right. exist right now you've reached like a serious crisis of capitalist production and when that happens. Uh, and when I think this is the key to like understanding from the 70s onwards in this C to M cycle, when capital can no longer in the nation state, because, you know, obviously China has been where a lot of the, the industrial production, Southeast Asia in general is gone. But when you no longer have this sort of motor, this dynamic drive of um, capitalist accumulation, revolutionizing the forces of the force of forces of production, uh, you get a stagnant economy. And when you get that capitalists, uh, money lenders, bankers, everybody, investors are forced to make money somehow. They still, they have to, they have to keep making two, three, four, five percent every year. And then what you do is that's when the vulture capitalists come in, which right. is why Donald Trump is the perfect one because he's yeah. a fucking con artist. He's coming <laughs> in, he's like destroying and tearing down beautiful things and putting up gaudy shit in its place ripping off all his contractors ripping off his customers ripping off his fans uh-huh. he is the perfect kind of capitalist for this era since 2008 and so 
barring again, like this sort of virtuous cycle of capital accumulation of actual value creation through production or whatever, you're left with a bunch of capitalists who are seeking rents. They're seeking to, to offshore whatever they can. They're basically like the vital core of social reproduction and life in American society has been ripped out for a long time and it continues to be. So what, so what does that do to a for the, for the ruling class and their politics and their ideas. The Koch brothers was really, I think, uh, a rearguard action trying to defend for decades uh, the extraction industry in the face of all the evidence that it was destroying the world. That right. Eventually it was going to be a crisis. They fought a rearguard action to try to defend their profits in the face of that. Now, I think maybe, as you were pointing to, there's some sort of unhappy consciousness to use a Hegelian phrase on the part of the Peter Thiel's and the people around them, this segment of capital, this fraction yeah. of the political system, that things, it's not enough to point back to, to 1776, that in fact, like you need to overthrow the existing order and you need right. to replace it with something that will enshrine their power in, in a way that uh, it, it hasn't been done in America. Kind right. of a new world order or something. <laughs> And then you got these fucking hipsters who like ended up getting invited to the National Conservative uh, Conference because of posting. And you've got these yeah. artists who like were so unwoke that they couldn't get funding. So they had to go to like Claremont Institute and Peter Thiel to get their stupid anti-woke filmmaker thing. It then becomes like an aesthetic because yeah. there is, I think, uh, like everybody knows that wokeness like has become cringe. I mean, right. like the impulse behind it and the actual like relations of exploitation and the racism in the society is real. But wokeness is like very, very uncool right now. Yeah. So this so this like stupid intellectual movement on the right now all of a sudden has all these aesthetic hangers on and they're fucking posters and they're podcasters. That's what passes for intellectuals, I suppose. <laughs> fucking posters and podcasters. It's the, I mean, it's it's the same on the left in in a lot of ways. But um, it is. The thing is, the major difference is that the left and I was we were talking about this on the show this past week is that like the main difference between us and them is they've they make bank. I'm sure I'm sure they make fucking millions of dollars. Mincius Moldbug, that dude is probably fucking rolling. So rich. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like Peter Thiel like funded his whole company for like a hundred million dollars. He just sits on the money now. There's just a lot of money behind the right in general and there's a lot of money on the liberal left as well mm. and that's why <clears throat> i mean it, obviously not just in hollywood but i mean like in ngos and the democratic party and everything as well um, and the unions let's be honest you oh know, and the, the unions, the AFL cio too yeah. yeah and so um i mean hell dude even just this past week, he got buried under all this stuff, like about the Till and Musk trying to take over Twitter and everything. But like, I think it was just this week or like two weeks ago where this reporter in New York magazine has been, I think his name is Sean Thompson. I'm sure you've heard about this. He's been like kind of digging into the finances of Black Lives Matter, like the organization. Mm. And like, so like they published um, that like, there was, you know, there's this video of them going around like the founders on the year anniversary of George Floyd, George Floyd's death, it, like just toasting, toasting to each other and just kicking back and just it's just mm. disgusting. But yeah. then like they had also bought like a, a 30 million dollar mansion somewhere. Or something like that. Yeah, like, money was just that. going. 
yeah uh, all over the place yeah um and it just i don't know it just is a is another example and i and i said this on the show this past week but like i don't see how you could come to the conclusion and i worked in nonprofits. i know how this shit works um like i understand that there's a lot of money in this stuff but i also think that there must be some sort of co-intel operation going there <laughs> like how the fuck do you explain that i don't understand i don't know how you explain like that you've got like we said like i do think that there is some sort of political valence is significant to burning down a police station oh for sure uh, yeah like i do think that there's something that's significant there i listened to you guys episode with uh oh uh, what was her name from the platypus um <clears throat> uh hey good uh aaron hey good yeah yeah and um and y'all had an interesting discussion about it. I thought that was interesting, but yeah. I do think that there ultimately there is something interesting. I think that there is something significant about that. I think it it was a, a, an expression of genuine working class frustration and being pushed to the fucking limit. Um, and I do, and I think that that's interesting. Reading this article is this is what everybody's all about. This is what they want. Like they want the you know, the venerated working class, finally, like, tell us what to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. drive history. But, like, they themselves have participated in the processes of the working class's disorganization. Yes. So, like, they can never fully connect there. There will never be a connection there. 